0: Welcome to Tag Me, a social media podcast. We'll be connecting with your favorite people and brands on social media to share their tips and best practices with you. My name is Audrey, and in this episode, we'll be learning social media tips from super influencer and co-founder of the Clean Skin line, Summer Fridays, Mariana Hewitt. If you're interested in her social media tips, stay tuned. Mariana's Instagram handle is linked for you in the episode notes. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's learn a thing or two about social media from Mariana. She has been an influencer and content creator since 2012, where I watched her create her first ever YouTube tutorial. As her best friend, I have seen Mariana grow each platform. Her Instagram recently reached 1 million followers. She works for prestigious beauty brands and used her platform to start her own brand. Her clean skincare line, Summer Fridays, which is sold at Sephora. Let's welcome Mariana Hewitt to the Tag Me Podcast. Thank you for having me. You're like, I've learned almost everything I know about this industry from you. And I know that you are filled with so much knowledge about this industry. I'm really excited to share. Your brain with the rest of the world.
1: Thank you. That was so nice. Give us a
0: little background on your social media experience.
1: So, I started my YouTube channel in 2012, and I started my Instagram in 2013 and my blog in 2014. At the same time, I was working, I was a TV host at the time, I had a full time job. So, I was creating content on the side for two years. Before I could really supplement it as an income for myself to be able to be an influencer full-time And because I started my youtube channel instagram and blog so early I was really in like the first wave of beauty influencers And at the time you were either a youtuber or you were a blogger But there was not a lot of people doing both And so when I started I really created a niche for myself, especially in the type of beauty Content that I was creating. So now I have been creating content online almost every single day for eight years. So wild because I really did watch you make your first ever YouTube video. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I remember moving all of the furniture around
0: in our kitchen and living room and being a PA on set, helping (laughs) do whatever he needed to do for you. I know that you started with all these channels so frequently, but for somebody who maybe feels overwhelmed with figuring out like What do I start next? A blog, a YouTube channel. Where do Mm -hmm. I go from here? If they could only pick one and their focus is to build a community, what would you suggest?
1: I would do the platform that you feel either most comfortable with or where you can bring the most expertise. So if you're someone that is like, I'm really shy, YouTube might not be the best platform for you if you aren't comfortable in front of a camera and talking on camera. Um, So maybe if you love to talk, but you are a little bit more shy with video content, podcasts could be really great for you. If you are a content creator and you love to create beautiful images, maybe Instagram is the best place for you. So find whatever you're passionate and comfortable with and start there. Don't think because I want to be an influencer I have to be on a I have to have a blog, YouTube channel, Instagram because if you don't like writing, being a blogger isn't the right platform for you. If you don't like taking pictures and creating content, Instagram might not be the right one for you. So don't force yourself to do something because other people are doing it. Choose the platform that works best for your strengths.
0: We're actually sitting here because I'm so shy on camera. I could <laughs> never have a YouTube video and you're laughing because you know you've tried to throw me into some
1: and I look like a deer in headlines. <laughs> yeah, but you're so great at conversation and like really that's why I think podcast is great for you because it's a, it's an amazing platform for you to be able to just talk close your eyes or be in a room with someone or record with them remotely and create content without feeling shy about it. And it's like you can still share the things that you love in your own way. And so I think it's just finding whatever whatever you feel good about. This is my first
0: ever remote recording. Mm-hmm. So I had to pivot with everything going on right now and social distancing. So I hope the audio quality is great for you guys. Um, let me know your feedback, but I'm going to do my best to make these sound just as good as the in-person ones. Okay, so back to platforms. Like you said, there's so many digital platforms, so many different ways in which you can create content and put it out there, whether you're shy or you're outgoing. What platform would you say is the one you spend the most time on and why?
1: I spend my most time on Instagram because that's where the bulk of my following is. So between all the platforms together, I probably have like a million point six or something like that, but a million of that is on Instagram. Um, it's also where I can create content the fastest, especially with Instagram stories. It's so instant that I can share it so quickly. Um, so I spend the majority of my time there and it's where I like to see what other people are doing. And then probably since October of last year, I started watching TikTok Um, and then I started creating content on TikTok probably in January. Um, so that's where I spend most of my time because I love photo content. I love to see what people create and I love watching people's personality on stories. And then if something needs to be a longer form video, that's when I would upload it to YouTube. Or if there's a lot of information and links I want to include, that's when I would post it on my blog. You just
0: shared so much information with us. I was taking so many notes in my head,
1: (laughs) but I want to ask you, so you know
0: how you can repost a feed post to your stories? What do you think when people post their new posts to their stories? I know you do it. So mm-hmm. I know a lot of people have asked me about that. Like, do you think it helps engagement? What's the purpose of posting something twice? What is your feedback on that?
1: I think you miss a lot of feed posts. I know that people people will tell me like, oh, the first thing I do in the morning when I wake up or last thing before I go to bed is watch all of your stories. So I think regardless, they'll they'll see all of my story content, but they might miss my feed post if they weren't scrolling through the feed all day long. So I like to share it there. So in case they missed a post, people will see it. So I think it, it gives your post more engagement over a longer period of time because that's a 24-hour reminder on your stories that you have a new feed post up. I don't know if it works for every person in every platform. It's not something that we do for Summer Fridays feed posts, but it's something that I do for my personal. So Mm -hmm. I think I would just be, it's like case by case. And if it makes sense for your page or for your brand.
0: So what would you say is the
1: importance of community management? Well, ultimately we're trying to gain followers or people are trying to, to grow a community because you want these people to follow you for a reason. You know, everything I create, the content I create, the pictures I post, the videos I create, I put a lot of time and effort into them. And ultimately if my followers and my community doesn't like, it or it's not serving a purpose to them, then it's almost like I'm wasting the effort. And so mm-hmm. I, al- I always want to create the content they want to see from me. And that is getting the most engagement. There's a thing about engagement, which is like a whole other topic, but I do want to create the stuff they want to see. Um, but at the same time, when you're creating content and you are a brand or you're an influencer, there might be messaging or things or products or something that's important to you that you want to get out. And it might not be as engaging as as other content, but the value of it is so important to you that you still want to share it, even though it's not engaging. So that's why it's like engagement is important, but so is the right content that you want to like share with your audience. Mm -hmm. And then for me, I love to engage in my DMS, respond to stories where people tag me. Um, I like every tagged Summer Fridays post so that people know, I, I see you, I'm grateful, thank you for sharing our product, um, and I want to ultimately hear what people are saying about our brands and products and how they feel, whether it's positive or negative. But I think anyone thinking about community management as a brand or an influencer, you should engage with these people because ultimately, as a business or an influencer, you would be nothing without these people who support you. So
0: how do you manage all these Mm -hmm. notifications and make sure one doesn't slip through the crack?
1: I treat it like I do my inbox. So if something is unread, it's like an action item for me. So when I look at my mentions or my tagged stories or whatever, I will wait and do it until I know I can respond. Or if I see a DM from someone... I'll read it and then I mark it as unread again so that I know I need to go back and look at it at a later time. And then now if you have on Facebook and business manager, you can answer all your Instagram DMs, comments, um, mentions, tag pictures. You can do everything from your desktop computer. So if you choose to, you can spend a half an hour every day, open up facebook.com, go to your business manager settings and reply to everyone, or at least acknowledge and see everyone who's engaged with your page for the day.
0: So let's jump back into the Instagram feed. Do you think having a cohesive Instagram feed is important?
1: I do think it's important because when you have new people coming to your page, they're only going to see the first six, nine, or 12 pictures. So it's like a split second decision to say like, am I going to follow this person? And the more engaging or cohesive, or do I get a sense of who this person is and what kind of content they're creating? from these first few grids I think is really important to gaining new followers. I don't think it's as important to your existing followers what your feed looks like because you've already got them to your page. So now it's about creating engaging content to keep them there. But I think for growing the page, it's very important.
0: That makes sense. Every time I look at a new account, I do only see the first six.
1: If you see the first six pictures and you're like, oh, I'm into this vibe or this looks like content that I want to learn about or see or something you hit follow, but if you see it and like either you don't resonate with the pictures or you don't like the content, you're probably not going to follow that person. And then they missed out on gaining new people. How do you plan your feed, and what are some apps you use? I use Planoly or Unum. Um, those are two of the apps that I like. I kind of plan like I have an idea of like the next like six or nine pictures that I want to post. But because I work um, with brands as an influencer, I can't plan exactly because feeds and posts and dates change and things happen. So I loosely have an idea, but I'm flexible with my feed. But because it has a cohesive style, if I have to move things around, it will kind of always fit because everything is shot in the same way.
0: Okay. So that's what I was going to ask you. What if someone sent you a product and it's red and your whole feed is neutrals? How do you find a way to throw that in there if it's sponsored posts that needs to go up that day?
1: I would say Know what you're accepting when you accept a job from a brand. So before you accept, ask them what the product is going to look like. um, What is it? How how do they want it photographed? Because if something ultimately doesn't match your aesthetic or your feed or you don't think your followers will resonate with it, it's better to know that upfront before you accept something. Mm -hmm. So right now my feed is very like neutral, tan, and blue. And if I had to post something neon – it would be difficult for me to share it just because I know the way that my content looks. So I think it's just about knowing the things ahead of time. And if you have to shoot something, that's a certain color finding ways to like weave it in with other colors around. So if you have something red, but your tan, your feet is normally tan, maybe start weaving in pictures of like a red book, or some flowers, or some things so that there's at least cohesive elements around it. And then you can kind of shift back to your own original color feed. And then if it's a really bright color or noticeable color that I wouldn't usually post, I just try to photograph it smaller so it's not as noticeable and then Mm -hmm. keep like very neutral and clean stuff around it.
0: I'm taking so many notes, but I'm also (laughs) going to re-listen to this. So how are you currently editing your photos?
1: Um, I'm barely editing them. I don't really love... A lot of filters right now. I kind of like moved away from that because I felt like everything was getting so overly filtered. So I use Visco or Teza. Teza is an incredible app. Um, it she has templates on there for stories. She has filters. She has video filters, um, and there's so many different options. And the grain on her filters are amazing. And then Visco I use, but I really use those just for like lighting, saturation, highlights, grain. I don't really use it for the filters.
0: Yeah. I also love Visco. I love the grain and the fade effect and some of my favorite filters on there, like all the A's and recently the M's, which I know you picked up on those green tones. That's how I know you know all your mm-hmm. abs. Yeah. Um,
1: Yeah, you posted one picture and I could tell that the background of one of the walls was like a little bit green. And then the next picture you posted was more clean and white. And then next to each other, it looked like it didn't match. And I have like um, this eye, like when I see a feed or I see a plan or something, I just can pick up on. It's like I've been doing it so long. It's like anything you do for so many years, you just get so like used to it and become second nature. And that's how I feel about like feeds and like visuals and like how things should look. And I get so many texts from so many friends, like this is my upcoming feed or where should I place this picture? Or, do I need to edit any of these? And I love helping my friends with social, just like, cause I want theirs to look as best as it can.
0: This is true. I get texts from Marianne every day. <laughs> what did you just post? Wait, wait edit that, wait, fix that. <laughs> I think she's very happy with my latest feed. It's great. Uh, so if someone wants to grow their account, do you have any
1: advice? I would say to grow your account, it's it's more difficult now than it used to be on Instagram. Like in the days of when I started was when there was a popular page. So if your image made it to the popular page, you would gain a few thousand followers. Um, and it's not really like that anymore. I think the biggest way to grow your page now is through cross promotion and by getting tagged by larger or similar accounts to yourself. So if you are a content creator and you really want to work with a brand or get reposted by a brand... I would go to their page, see their style of photography, see what kind of UGC, which is user-generated content, they reshare and repost and create images that are similar to that with, of course, like your own style or personality or whatever weaved into that and then tag the brands, tap tag them, tag them in the comments and hope to get reposted or reshared. And that's the easiest way now, I think, to gain more of a following, but of course, you want to shoot it in your own style, but if the hope is to get reposted by these pages, you want to post in their style because they have their own aesthetic and feed and photos that they're looking for. And brands need a ton of content. So if you're creating beautiful assets for them, it's more likely that you'll get reshared.
0: Well, I'm about to shoot my Summer Fridays cleanser and I'm still (laughs) waiting on my lip gloss. So I'll be sure to check out the Summer Fridays account for inspo so I can get reposted. Perfect. (laughs) Now we're going to jump into the brand side of things. So as an influencer who works with brands and as a brand who works with influencers, what advice do you have for creators wanting to monetize off the Instagram platform?
1: It's difficult now, I think because there are so many content creators, but that doesn't mean there's not a space for everybody. But I think what's most important now is being niche. And being niche and micro is is important if you're just starting your page. Micro doesn't necessarily mean anyone who has X number of followers. So whatever that following number is, that doesn't mean micro. Micro is like a hyper community of people who are engaged in one type of content. So On Instagram, there's there's a huge micro community of skincare influencers. And these people have so much more engagement than larger audiences because they're so hyper-focused on one thing. Mm -hmm. So I think if you become the expert and you're known for one thing, you're more likely going to work with brands because they're looking for experts in that field. So let's say I'm a wellness company and I'm launching a new gluten-free vitamin. I'm going to look for a gluten-free Instagram influencer who talks about all things gluten-free all the time because she is the expert in what I'm trying to market and sell. So I think being niche and being micro is super helpful if you are on the smaller end of being an influencer and content creator until you get larger so that you can partner with as many brands in your niche space as possible.
0: Mhm. So sometimes when I work with brands and maybe other people who work in this industry and create influencer marketing programs can relate to this, but sometimes Explaining to people that the number of followers isn't always essential when it comes to finding an expert in that space. Mm -hmm. And it's what you just talked about. So what would be your feedback for brands who don't understand the importance of working with someone who may not have, you know, a hundred plus followers or Mm -hmm. skyrocket engagement, but they're specific to only talking about that specific topic. So their community goes to them for that.
1: I think if you're a brand you have to just ask yourself like what is the goal of this campaign. So there's so many different reasons why you would work with different influencers. So when you're working with like a super mega influencer, you might be looking for brand awareness over everything. So maybe it's not about content creation or um sales for you but you want to be aligned with these large accounts so you're willing to do that but maybe realizing whatever the return is 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 for this purpose it would be like having a billboard somewhere it's like okay this is large it's reaching a lot of people but the the return is different if you want to create content and if you want to leverage content for your own social then maybe you're paying different types of influencers who create beautiful content because you want pictures in return and that's your ROI. And if you really want sales, then maybe it doesn't matter what the following is of the person. It just matters, you know how they convert and as a brand or as you know, someone who works with brands executing influencer marketing campaigns you would reach out to the managers of the influencers prior to booking the campaign and get some sort of data or insights on what kind of returns they have for brands what the ROI is what click through rates are on their stories so that you know who converts in kind of similar areas to what you're trying to sell but there's there's no right or wrong way it just depends the goal of the influencer marketing campaign so I like to think of it as like there was an example. I went to a conference and they had like a cocktail, and it's like inside of a drink is so many different ingredients, and all combined and all these ingredients are what make up a great drink. So maybe you need a couple macro influencers for brand awareness, you need a couple content creators for imagery, and then you need a bunch of these other people who convert sales, and combined, you'll have an a successful product launch or marketing campaign. What other platforms do you use or like? So other platforms I'm using right now is social media. I love TikTok. It is such an incredible app. It's so entertaining. I find myself, as soon as I open it up, it's an hour has gone by and I've just been watching videos and... I'm obsessed with TikTok. Why do you think TikTok is gaining so much traction? I think you are able to see a lot of people on the For You page on there. So on Instagram, unless you go to the Explore page, it's really difficult to find new accounts. But because of the way that TikTok is set up, it's showing you new content all the time. So you're able to find new people who are creating funny or entertaining content. And because they set up their page similar to like how Instagram first started with the popular page, People are wanting to create content because they want to go viral because they want to gain a lot of followers. So people are like churning out content so fast and people are gaining followers so quickly on there. And I don't even really post that frequently, but in the past three months, I got 50,000 followers and I've had a couple of my videos go viral and 50,000 followers is really difficult to get on any other platform. So I think the, the eagerness to go viral is what's really driving the app.
0: Got it. Yeah. I tried it a couple times and then deleted my post because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing on here.
1: <laughs> I watched it for three months before I posted my first video. So I started watching it in October and I just wanted to like learn and understand the app and like really get it before I started creating. And so I took time to like learn about it and then I just started posting and then you never know what sticks. So now it's just kind of like get to know the app, see what's viral, see what's happening, see what audio people are using and then just start posting content, see what works. What are some of your favorite TikTok accounts? Um, I love Addison Sterling. I think she's so cute. Her dancing is so cute. And with her mom, mom, um, Charlie D'Amelio, which is like the biggest person on TikTok. I love watching her with her family and like her personality. And she's like 15 and she's so cute. I also love, there's just so many funny people on there. And I don't know on Instagram how would, I would have ever found these people. I think the one like drawback from TikTok is you follow these people, but because they're like entertaining or skit-like and it's not a feed and they're not really talking like you would on Instagram stories, you're not as engaged with the person's personality because because they're creating video content that's like to be watched and not to be engaged with, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the people, I love their videos and I could tell you what they look like and what they do, but I don't know their usernames.
0: Got it. Have you ever actually gone to someone's Instagram account from TikTok that you
1: follow and seen if you could like tell what they're like? Yeah, a couple times because TikTok is very smart in this way. It lets you link your Instagram profile and your YouTube channel. Um, A lot of platforms are not, unless it's like You know, Facebook owns Instagram, so it lets you reshare between the two. But usually, other apps don't want you to push your other platforms. So, it's so smart of TikTok to do that because it makes it so easy to find people's profiles. Do you have any advice for someone wanting to start on TikTok? I would get on there and kind of understand how it works. Like, watch the videos, see what things are trending, see what audio is happening. But it happens very fast. So something could be trending this week and then next week it's already moved on to the next dance or song. So learn it and watch it, but try to create somewhat recently. It's not one of those apps where like as a brand or a creator, you could be filming content months in advance because everything is so timely on there. You kind of have to act quick.
0: We're going to jump into some rapid fire questions. And the first one's actually going to be related to TikTok. So if you could create a dance with somebody on TikTok, who would it be?
1: Oh, my gosh. Um, Charlie D'Amelio.
0: So who are some of your wellness and fitness go-to Instagram accounts?
1: I love Pilates by Amanda, Melissa Wood Health, Sculpt Society by Megan Roop, Tone It Up, and the Sweat app.
0: I love Tone It Up. And yes, today we actually did a workout with Amanda. That was great. Okay. Your favorite person to follow on Instagram besides me and your mom? (laughs)
1: My favorite person to follow on Instagram. Um, let me look up. I'm going to open my Instagram app right now and see if somebody like whoever pops to the front. Um, Lauren, my business partner, she creates the cutest content with her and her son. It's just like they're so cute. Um, Jen Atkin. I love Sivan. Desi's is always amazing. Um, yeah, those are those are the few that I there's way more, but those are just popped up on like the front of my Instagram right now. <laughs>
0: Who is someone you would like to create content with?
1: Ooh, you know, I've got, I've been pretty lucky that I've been able to create content with so many women I would have never dreamed of, like Jessica Alba and Rosie Huntington Whiteley. And recently I did a video with Victoria Beckham. And if you would have told me in elementary school that one day I would sit down and film a video with Posh Spice, I would have been like, no way. I would have not believed you. (laughs) So having, you know, these platforms have given me such a great way to meet people. Um, but my dream, dream, dream is Oprah.
0: Oh yeah. I would need to be there. I freaking love Oprah. (laughs) What is your favorite meme account?
1: Um, my therapist says,
0: Oh yeah, that's a good one. All
1: right. Thank you so much for being a guest on Tag Me Podcast. Thank you. You guys can follow me at Mariana underscore Hewitt and check out our brand at Summer Fridays. Yes, I will
0: link all these for you in the episode notes. So if you want to follow Mare or Summer Fridays, all the social media handles are linked for you in the episode notes. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tag Me. If you enjoyed it, give us a shout out on Instagram at Tag Me Podcast. Let us know what you learned from the episode. Make sure to subscribe so you're always up to date on Tag Me episodes. If you have feedback on the podcast, guest suggestions, including topics, or you want to be a guest, visit us on Instagram at Tag Me Podcast and click the email button or slide in our DM. This podcast is for you, so please let us know how we can improve. We look forward to hearing from you and connecting with you on social. Don't forget to tag me.